Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew coming off of the Stuart Sink win last week. I mean, what a what an amazing event where old man Stewie Sink pulls it. Up. It was some incredible golf. He took driver off the deck and hit a green. I mean, it was it was some it was some impressive old man golf last week at the rbc heritage um, he was he was boat yeah. racing people too it's like someone's dad shows up at a frat party and is just that drinking everybody it was pretty amazing yeah um the the dustin johnson leverage play i mean it would he didn't win but he what he ended up coming like t6 in the end i think yeah, it was, i mean it definitely because sync was so cheap it definitely ended up working out from that yeah. perspective obviously you're hoping for a win, but yeah, that's the thing with these expensive guys, and it'll go into this week too. You know, uh, a win is obviously what you want, but a top five is certainly fine if the leaderboard shakes out a certain way, and you know, even a, a top ten could be sufficient. So I, I think that, yeah, DJ DJ was in play. The old man golf was in play, and uh, I didn't watch much of the weekend, but it, it was good to you know this the sink with the kid on the bag. You always love that too. Yeah. So this week uh, in PGA Daily Fantasy, it is a team stroke play event. You cannot draft two teammates to the same lineups. Teammates have the same salary and will earn the same amount of fantasy points because this is how it works. The Zurich Classic of New Orleans is an alternating four ball and foursomes format for foursomes. The players will rotate the tee shot. So this is the classic game that you would play with your buddies out on the golf course where you have your your partner hits the tee shot, you hit the second shot, your partner hits the third shot, uh, which you know a lot, you know is is probably going to be the putt a lot of the time for these guys, and then fourth shot, and then so forth, and then the four ball. The players on each team will play his own ball throughout the entirety of the round, and then the best score in each hole is recorded. So Ryan. Uh, uh, Ryan Palmer, John Rom, they both tee off on hole nine. Rom makes the birdie, his birdie counts. Ryan Palmer picks up. It's it's really it's very easy team golf. The, the the format is not near as convoluted as it is for uh the match play. Now, I did, however, in doing a little bit of research, I found out a fact that is being either the PGA Tour's official website is reporting this wrong or the other DFS touts have not done their research because PGATour.com is reporting that the cut is the low 33 team in ties, whereas I saw other people saying it's T35. So it's T33 this year. All right, T33, T35. I mean, splitting some hairs there, but at the end of the day, I think we've got a, a working set of projections. We've got a lot of different layers to cover, and we'll probably have some optimizer talk just because – yeah, it's a little weird this week, and uh, I don't remember supporting this contest ever before. I don't remember if they offered it last year, but it was a little bit of... I, I, I don't think they did. I, I do not have a memory of this ever being... Because if you look at where this would have been at on the schedule, this would have been right when the tour stopped happening. This would have yeah. been right. This would have been right about the time, and this would have been, I think, an easy event for the PGA Tour to skip. So I, I don't know this i am guessing this is one of the events that did not happen or got moved so if you're playing on FanDuel, the way that they have it set up is you're picking a team and obviously the team has both players on it and you'll get the points that they score in their holes on DraftKings, you're picking individual players but you can't pick two players from the same team 
So um, that was one of the first things, you know, trying to figure out, obviously the projections for players on the same team and the DraftKings version are going to be the same because uh, they're going to get points that their team scores for the whole, but yeah, you can't just stack up, you know, Xander and Cantlay onto your rosters. So no, no easy correlations for you that way. Um, it does mean if you're using optimizers, you're probably going to have to create groups to play at most one player from a given team, which you know, if you've got a 50 person player pool or that's going to be 25 groups, you're going to have to create. So not the most fun build, um, but we definitely have some things we can get into. Data Golf is not offering projections as of now. They may change their mind, but I was able to take their probabilities for their betting model um, and use some regressions to turn those into fantasy projections. So up on Daily Road right now, if you do want to use an optimizer, we've got an optimizer up there with fantasy projections for everybody on the DraftKings format. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's just go ahead and get into it. I think probably the right way to do it is to look at a combo of the betting odds and the uh, DK pricing. So now this looks weird. Ryan Palmer at 11.5. You're like, what? How, how could that possibly be right? Well, his teammate is none other than John Rahm. And I, I do think... Clearly, though, the best team by far is Xander and Cantlay. You know, some of the other uh, higher-priced teams, Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf, uh, Cam Smith, Mark Leishman. I mean, it is a it is a huge drop in quality from John Rom X to anyone else. So, so I I wonder if the uh, do you think there because. So because the optimizer stuff is difficult this week, I wonder if actually the Rom Palmer team, now this won't happen on FanDuel, but I wonder if the Rom Palmer team specifically comes in a little bit lower owned literally just because you have to click on Ryan Palmer for 11.5. Yeah. And there's like weird things just like, as you get into this, so you're, we're used to talking about ownership of players, but if like, if Ryan Palmer is, five percent and rom is 30 percent like that team is combined 35 so that's like the equivalent of an 18 percent owned um on yeah. average player and that's what matters because like it doesn't matter if palmer is five percent and he gets there like he's bringing 30 percent rom with him so with like, him. there's no yeah. leverage for that so you got to think about how you use that type of information in your lineup building um so that was one thing the other thing is like deduping your lineups like a, a lineup that just swaps out Palmer for Rom, like Optos will spit that at you. And like, yeah. that's an identical lineup. So you've got to do like multiple levels of deduping your lineups too. It's uh, it's wild. Yeah, it is wild. So I, I feel very confident. But yeah, that Cantley X is the best team. They're, like, they're no so, team. they're so far the best team that I don't think I'm going to do MME for this week because I don't feel like I have the brain space to get there. I feel like I have um, to. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the other thing. I do feel like there's clearly an edge because the amount of people who are going to be doing this correctly with the right rules, the right degrouping, like how many people are going to MME this and not realize that a Xander team and a Cantlay team are the same thing and have those teams duplicated upon themselves like a huge chunk right yeah. like even the people who who do take the time to go through and make the rules for the optimizer i feel like are not gonna at least some subset of those people are not going to do the extra work of uh grouping those guys out so they're not duplicated lineups yeah definitely i think that's definitely the case um and i do agree that ram and palmer will be the lower of those kind of duos up top 
like the probabilities from data golf have it pretty lopsided the top five probabilities for the the rom group is 36 percent to t5 the xander group is 37 percent and then the next closest group is the scheffler bubba watson one at 22 percent so these guys have almost 2x the majority of the field as far as their top five probabilities and definitely feels like the other dynamic is the flat you know, it flattens out at the bottom pretty considerably where there are actually live teams in the 6,000s to T20 this thing. And I think those two dynamics in general make having one of the top two pairs in a lot of your lineups, you know, optimal. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on like which guys might specifically be better fits for this format, right? Like the the four ball format where like, oh, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you make double bogeys because, um, you know, we're just optimizing for the, really what you're optimizing for is the teams that are, I mean, this is so obvious, but the, the teams that are going to be able to make the most amount of birdies. So my thought would be maybe someone like Bubba who has come kind of those wider range of outcomes makes those bigger numbers, but obviously going to be putting himself in position to make a lot of birdies. Whereas a team like Willett and Hatton, those guys are kind of, you know, more of your especially Willett kind of more grindy style tour pros, maybe not quite as intriguing. Yeah. I think in general, the way I thought about it, just like on, it's all narrative, right? I don't have, yes, they don't have sure. done this tournament enough to back it up, but alternate shot i think you're just looking for the best players right like good golfers who are gonna either put their partners in good position or can take advantage of opportunities from the other their partners off the tee that's just gonna be the best golfers but i do think in the the best ball format where you're taking the low score between two guys yeah you want aggressive guys and i think that's one of the reasons that the palmer rom team is like palmer i think is fifth on tour and birdie or better percentage and so you combine that with rom being the best or a top three player in the world. And I think that's why the format, you know, makes them at least as compelling as as Xander and Cantlay for the top ranked teams. And yeah, for those best ball formats, I do think if you get, you know, the, the guys that have high birdie or better percentages, especially compared to the field, um, those are the guys that can kind of score. So yeah, Scheffler and Bubba, I think both those guys can definitely score and they can make big numbers too, but you figure it's pretty unlikely that guy's going to be making bogeys out there as far as like the best ball format. Yeah. So another thing that's crazy about this is it's, it's a little bit deeper than you realize, like to fill out all of the teams necessary, like Hunter Mahan and Bill Haas are a team. So what that does is it moves up teams. Like I was, I was shocked to see the Max Homa Taylor Gooch team priced at 9900 because obviously you know as a result of what Cantlay, Xander and Rom are six of they're all in the top six of the official world golf rankings so like you're but you're combining you're snapping them down into one team you know Hatton world number 14 you're putting him with world number uh I don't know Will it's probably like 150 at this point or something Finau and Champ same deal so like I, I think a, a, a big thing I would be looking to do in MME this week would be identifying some of the cheaper teams that you feel are either mispriced or good fits for the format or something and going pretty overweight on them and trying to drop as many of the dead weight teams as possible, you know, dropping out your uh, Chase Seifert and Matthew Neesmith teams or whatever. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And there's also like probably the hardest thing to, in, 
I guess, rationalized. There's also guys who have just done really well as partners in this event before. Kevin Kisner and Scott Brown stand out notably as guys that, especially like Scott Brown, you think of as very average golfer that have massively exceeded their expectations. And I'm probably not playing those guys. Um, but that's one of those things where if there is something about the format, obviously, you know, there there should be a little something about like the camaraderie of these guys and which guys are out there. Just For to, sure. Yeah. But um which but, is a which is a Rom Palmer thing. Like those guys are apparently like best buds or whatever. Which is weird. I, I, don't, I never saw that coming, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 start taking a look at some of these teams. We don't have to go through every team, but some of the teams that we really like. I do I really do feel like the Finau champ team should be one that's perfect for this format, right? You have, you know, champ bomb and drives out there, Finau able to, you know, probably at least holes where Finau is, is taking the third shot. A lot of the time he's a lot stronger. Like, I feel like they're a complimentary pair, I guess, because, you know, champ, one of the best drivers of the ball and, and Finau is just pretty much good at everything. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I could see them like struggling alternate shot just because champ is all yeah. over the place. He def- has no short game, but they're definitely a team that could take advantage of like the best ball format, like shoot a 59 or whatever. Um, so I do think that's a good team. I think the top two teams up top, Scheffler, Bubba Watson, those were kind of the ones that stood out to me in the 10K range. If I was going to be paying up, um, probably looking to pay up for one of those teams. Yeah. Uh, one of the teams I thought was the perfect marriage of skills was Victor Hovland and Christopher Ventura. If you go look at data golf scratch tools, they have Ventura as like nails putting like over like a good sample size, like all the measured rounds they have of Ventura. They have him as like a sick putter, which like Hovland short game and putting is so bad. So I thought, I thought that looked and, and Ventura is like way far out of the top 100 in official world golf rankings. But I thought that was a team that looked like it was a, a good stylistic fit. I, I don't, I guess I don't know how Ventura's short game is, but I know that data golf has him as a really good putter. Yeah. yeah. What I thought was interesting about this team is you're getting like an elite scorer in Hovland and you're getting yeah. a name that people aren't going to roster in Ventura, in yeah. Ventura. And so you're, you're possibly getting like a group as a whole that comes down to be pretty low owned. And I think when you yep. compare them to like Terrell Haddon and Danny Willett, both those guys carry a bit of a pedigree and, you know, I think the Willett group's definitely better, but I think it's going to be considerably more popular. And so I'm trying to find some of these zones where like these guys project decent um, and one of them's not going to be popular. It could, it could be that one. I would say probably view those guys as overpriced in general. I think there are some groups in the 8,000 range that are 40% to T20. And that's kind of where the Ventura Hoplin group is. Um, but it's definitely more of an art to project this week than it is other weeks. I love, I love some of these teams. Like, uh, like of course, Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson are partners. Like, that's like right. the most natural partnership ever. Uh, and then you have the South Koreans, Benny Ann and Sung JM together. Like, I, I love that partnership. That I think that's for sure good. That's one yeah. of the solid values. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Because again, the alternate shot format probably works for them a little bit because Benny is, is, I mean, obviously not on every hole, but Benny is so lost with the putter and he's going to be, he's going to be sticking some shots to seven feet that, uh, that Sung Jay is yeah, able Sungjae, to knock in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he, that group's pretty interesting too, for me, for the, the best ball format. Cause 
Sanjay very steady as well. And so, yep. you know, Ben Ann can put those streaks together, but Sanjay can contribute birdies. He's also not generally going to make a big number. So chances of him doing it on the same hole that Ben Ann blows up, I think are pretty low. So that, that for sure, when I first ran the opto with some volatility and shuffle, I was getting like 21% of that group total. Yeah. Uh, Eric Van Royen and Wyndham Clark, like two dudes who have done nothing but take money out of my pockets. Uh, that feels, that feels like a team, um, that I will be rostering for sure. Um, Wyndham Clark driving and putting EVR a little bit craftier, a little bit more skillful with the irons and with the short game. I kind of, I kind of like that team. And then compared to who they're priced around, I mean, that team is less expensive than the Kokrak team and the same or a hundred dollars more than Doug Gim and Justin Sue, who honest to God, I do not know who that is. I, I, I play a lot of fantasy golf. I, I do not know who Justin Sue is. So that uh, that's where we're at this week. But I mean, there are, there are more teams like that because we're already down to a weird pricing range because of the way the teams work. And because it's not, you know, it's not an even distribution. Like the world number one is not with the world number two. This is a, this is a random distribution. So I think there are like, there are some teams down here that have one poor player and one better player that I think are, I guess if I understand the scoring, right? Like if one guy was just absolutely nails all four days, he can probably kind of carry his partner as long as the partner is not completely useless in the alternate. Yeah, these ball. guys are all pros, right? They're not going to be totally useless. Um, yeah, like I mean, I th- feel like Justin Sue and Doug Gim must just be boys. Like Sue graduated in 2019 from USC, and yeah. just like young guys playing together, they're you know you've seen Kepka play with his brother before, so I think you have some of those pairs too, where you know some are sponsor oriented. Like I know um, two of Duffner's agents clients are playing together, and then. Some are probably, you know, just guys who are boys trying to play with each other. Yeah, Tom Hoagie and Bo Hostler. That one, that one seemed to me. I mean, those guys are probably boys. That one striked me as one of the uh, the interesting uh, lower price teams. Do you do you ever read on any uh, Keith Mitchell and Snedeker? By the way, uh, striked me again as a complimentary pairing where Mitchell obviously is the driver of the ball. And even though Snedeker is completely dust relative to his historical Dude, that base, bizarre. yeah, that, it was like, it's very one bizarre. Of the projected one of yeah. the most projected values that we well, have. Well, right because because Snedeker is going to look Snedeker's baselines are so bad. Snedeker is just going to look. T- I mean, he's been what was it? He was in an event a couple weeks ago, and he was like sixty seven hundred. Snedeker was. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, but I would I would say in general, like you know, these groups, a lot of them look like all these guys are going to be able to shoot lights out in a best ball format. So there's going to be a lot of randomness with this. And yeah, that's a great point. We haven't really touched on that in the best ball rounds. These dudes are shooting 61s. Like every, every team is going to be making Eagles and going super low. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, am I excited about a group of Robert Streb and Troy Merritt? Definitely not. Probably not. They're like 23% to T20. 4% 4% to top five, they're going to be 1%. Owned. Like, so I think that's why I'm like only considering if I play at all this week, it's going to be MME because I want to like jam the top end and then rand these like dust bucket groups just because I think there's a lot more people that are live this week than there typically is, or at least live yeah. to, to cash for tournaments. And so you're looking at guys in this like mid six Ks being completely live to top 20 that are, 
are not going to be popular because people definitely aren't going to roster Scott Harrington and Andrew Putnam, you know? Yeah, that, that is, that is a good, are they going to do showdown for this? Is there going to be Thursday and Friday? Like, is there going to be best ball showdown for the Zurich classic team event? Like imagine that like the wit, the winning scores would be so absurd. Like everyone's going to have a streak. Every team will have a streak basically. Yeah. Yeah. As far as punts, I think the, if I was like hand building single entering, I think the cheapest guys that caught my eye were Roger Sloan and Aaron Badley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of these teams are just so drawing dead, like Luke list and Bo Van Pelt. How are they going to, how are they going to win? How do they, how do they win a match? Like, it just doesn't even make sense. Like 17% to T20 though. Right. I mean, it's not match play, right. So it's just stroke play, but yeah. Um, it's definitely interesting because obviously there's going to end up being a bunch of ties as well, as far as the right. place points and there's going to be just like epic amounts of streaks and, and whatnot. So yeah, that's like, they're less than 50% to make the cut, but if they make the cut, they're very likely going to top 20. Just because right, like you mentioned, yeah. it's such like a, a low cut. This is just, I mean, this is just comedy. Just going through these teams is comedy because of how many guys they have to include this in this event. Uh, Char- Charlie Beljan and Matt Every. Like what a hilarious pairing that is. Like that's so funny to me that these guys are even playing in this <laughs> yeah. event. And like the, I know, I mean, just everyone loves tilt, which is another reason to play this week because it's definitely going to be huge tilt because of the cut Big rules time. and the scoring and like, these guys in the 10 Ks, these duos, a lot of them are like 65 to 70% to top 20, which is pretty low. And so I think we're looking at like one to 3%, six to six like lineups this week. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I'm going to bet on this event. I'm going to make one single wager and I'm going to bet on Xander and Cantlay to, to win this event. That is going to be the only selection. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'll do respect to Jonathan Rahm and uh and ryan palmer but i if they if they had not won this event before i don't think that this is the way it would be priced i think that i think that's i mean Xander and cantlay are like they're just a they're so good they're so much better than ryan palmer like it, it, just factoring in everything they are so they're so good yeah i mean i think that makes sense um i would i would say my word of caution people this week is if you are going to play, if you're going to use an optimizer, you got to be pretty careful. Just making sure you get the settings, right. The groups, right. You know, we provided projections over at daily roto. If you want to jam ours, but you're going to have to make groups and cut down your field and, you know, set number of unique golfers per lineup to higher numbers than you used to, to try to get a little bit of diversity. And I'm going to take a stab at projected ownerships, but I don't know how accurate they're going to be. All right, there we go. Uh, everyone, dailyroto.com. Uh, get on over there for your golf, everything uh, that you guys need. And we will be back next week.